0: Hello blockheads, old and new, and welcome to the milestoney episode 20 of Writer's Block Podcast. Now a proud member of the All Things Comedy family at allthingscomedy.com. This episode brought to you by beans. So many different kinds. I'm your host, J.R. Havlin happily interviewing television's best comedy writers so you don't have to. I find out how they got where they are, how they do what they do, and how they go from a blank page to a final draft, and then I pass that information on to you via your ear holes. What'll they think of next? My guest is Scott Jacobson, co-producer of the fantastically funny Bob's Burgers, and by co-producer I basically mean writer, though there are some distinctions and Scott smooths that all out for us. We talk about Bob's Burgers creator Lauren Bouchard's somewhat barbaric plans for the show's pilot episode, and how sometimes networks can actually give a good note—the original pitch. This is just like you know, IMDb kind of like you know, yeah. internet stuff or whatever. But the Belchers, the family, were cannibals.
1: Is that that's right? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I think Lauren was coming from Adult Swim, and he was just he was coming from a place where you kind of had to have that element. That just there had to be something that was creepy or violent about your idea. And when he pitched that to Fox, they liked everything except the cannibalism. And so no, it was okay. like, I, everything else was really like a solid, He had a solid framework, but what he, what he put inside was cannibalism. I, ha- of, I
0: um, of all the sort of uh, uh, complaints or changes or, or things that I've heard from people about executives and that kind of stuff. And, and that's, that's the most reasonable. <laughs> yeah. Scott unveils an all new avenue for getting a job as a sitcom writer. Have your brother be a mortician. Works every time. We make a half-assed effort to come up with a Bob's Burgers storyline that involves the town being in peril, and I quickly find out a number of different reasons why certain ideas work for a specific show, and why other ideas don't work at all. It's a lesson learned, and I invite you to learn along with me, which is sort of like the writer's block motto. Though I'm also still considering we have nothing to fear but fear itself, but I'm pretty sure somebody else already did that one. Anyway, Scott and I talk a little bit about hemorrhoids because, you know, it's a life experience and that's where comedy comes from. And finally, Scott helps me wrap things up by explaining why it is that talking is not always a writer's forte, but I'm glad he decided to do it anyway. By the way, you'll undoubtedly sense a somewhat hushed tone in this episode. That's because we taped on a day when Scott was actually working, or supposed to be working, which explains why we sound like we're in constant fear of getting caught by our parents. The time has come. You're part of the writer's block now. Good choice. I just spent the last couple hours at, uh, at the Commerce Casino playing playing Hold'em. Sure. Really? Yeah, had a nice, in... nice little run at the end. Didn't quite get me back to whatever, but, you know, it's fun. Is that out. the one out
1: in Lake Compton? No,
0: no um, you know, I never know where the hell I am when I'm yeah. out here, but it's down five. Like, uh, in, is yeah. Commerce a place? Commerce,
1: the city of Commerce is a place. So that's down five, right? Yeah, like about half hour is. away? And I'm not even sure where that is in relation to like Compton, but I know there is a casino over there. Because I got a tour of Compton when I first came here. Well, I want to go saw, to Compton. like a gang summit there. Yeah, it was actually one of the, it was pretty great. It was somebody who worked for like the local Compton paper and was just showing me around. And it was around Christmas time and they had, they bust in a whole bunch of um, uh, fake snow. And so they just dumped it. And kids were building building snowmen, and like kids really? Had never really got to play in the snow before. Yeah, right. And they well, have, uh, we went to a toys for guns exchange, and uh, yeah, and then a gang. I'm thinking about
0: starting it. up a guns for toys exchange. <laughs> <laughs> you know?
1: Yeah, you could probably just get some more guns
0: in the hands of kids. Oh, we... I mean, because those toys they're they're ruining their minds with those to- a lot of those toys. Well, that's just... what Kickstarter's for.
1: Oh, is that right? Just stuff like this. I should put
0: it up. Mm-hmm. See if I can make something happen. We're here at, is this the Bob's Burgers office? This is where. This is
1: where Bob's Burgers is written. And, and it's, for the, it's and low key for, for the most part. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Red made as well. But animation's not in house or not?
1: Some of it is. Oh. There are some animators over on that other side. The building is kind of split into two parts. Uh-huh. And the writer's hall is on one side. And there are a whole bunch of art- artists and like board artists, directors, timers, a lot of animation people. But a lot of the work goes to Korea. Uh, there's a animation house. Can't beat the price. Just like churning. No, it's good. Yes, they. It's a good
0: deal, and we got mm-hmm. a coupon. Do you got? Do you know? Do you know if in Korea where they do the animation
1: in the building where they do it, are there? Do they have nets around the bottom of the building? It seems like it might be a place like that, but we have somebody who goes there um, pretty regularly to to, to make sure check in. <laughs> and so make sure we're doing it's not just some, total slave labor there is some oversight yeah mm-hmm. but i don't know how extensive it is but i do imagine i mean it's got to be a giant bullpen type place with just tons of computers and tons of very talented artists churning stuff out all day right. long. and there has to be uh, some risk of carpal tunnels there's probably you got to be careful yeah absolutely
0: um we are i'm eating a, a, a muffin which is totally unprofessional but you listen to the Writer's block.
1: So and I'm playing hooky from work. So if I seem like I'm talking kind of hushed tones, um, and I I sound a little nervous and and scared, that's because uh, I'm afraid I'm going to get caught in some way.
0: Also, um, Scott is a sort of a low talking, nervous guy. Yes, I'm a low talking, anxious, nervous person anyway. So, this is only going to. Maybe that just means that you're constantly, you constantly have a feeling of getting caught doing something. Maybe we should get into that.
1: I absolutely do. Yeah, I absolutely do. (laughs) That's why that that explains the demeanor. No, absolutely. There is no question. I always feel like, uh, yeah, someone's going to jump out from behind something and tell me me, me I'm doing something wrong. My time is up. Yeah. (laughs)
0: tell me I'm doing something wrong yeah. no matter what it is just
1: something I'm just I walking could be, wrong yeah, showering and that's yeah. how I
0: feel really yeah. gonna rip down the curtain
1: yeah
0: but without a knife just like a no a, no but like just, a bullhorn it's still a surprise just a glower it? no, no, no knife necessary for a psycho scene with me you can just look at me the wrong way and you fall down crying yeah. <laughs> bleeding into the drain somehow yeah um, Scott I'm gonna finish that name I said Scott but I didn't get to the Jacobson part mm. Scott Jacobson Says part executive story editor of Bob's Burgers. Explain that.
1: What, what... It's co-producer
0: now. Oh, excellent!
1: But Fucking only a, because things uh, you automatically get promoted. It's not like it's not merit-based. It's just uh, uh, with every new season, you get a new title, and okay. people are pretty much doing the same job. And um, what? But what does that title afford you then? I mean, the it... title affords you more money, uh-huh. and to some extent, more responsibility. Well, okay. You'll have people. You'll, there are senior writers here. A lot of a lot of them have worked on uh, King of the Hill. Mm -hmm. Um, because our executive producer Jim Doetrie worked on King of the Hill okay that's where the name came from yeah and uh, so they have a lot of experience uh, show running and doing stuff that falls just short of show running and so they'll be the guys who are kind of uh, keeping the rewrite on track they're sometimes staying later than the rest of us because they're putting a script to bed or something are these like consulting producers Uh, we don't have any consulting producers anymore they're all like full-timers okay Uh, but yeah, we, that's, on a lot of shows, that's the job of, like, the consulting producer, just sort of the old pro who rolls in, like, three times a week. Right, and, yeah. yeah. You don't mind
0: if I'm, I, I'm, do you have somebody who comes in and vacuums under everywhere that I go? Um. They, they vacuum
1: periodically, but I wouldn't, mm-hmm. yeah, you can just, you, you see the office. The office is not. Yeah, it's not, but I'm, I don't want to get, like, you know, muffin everywhere. Crumb it up. Yeah. Uh, oh, let me look at i got to control time, the muff
0: <clears throat> the time right. is 3 30. Yeah, you know, 3:30. Oh, you're gonna. You actually got the clock out, like I'm
1: on the yeah, clock. Yeah, well, I'm just treating this like this is some sort of it already feels like sort of a therapy session. I know you said that's not what this is, but no, I'm, yeah, I'm gonna yeah. turn things to that end. So, like, well, you just, f- you
0: just follow whatever, wh- wherever, wherever it takes you. I just want to have a conversation, and then and then and then it gets into like because I haven't seen you for a while, you know, that's true. I want to know what's up, but that's a dra- like I'm going, we're in LA and I'm going around interviewing a bunch of people. And with some people, I had to just, like, in and out, which I'm going to do now. So, you know, I do like to get a little bit of, like, the old, how yeah, you doing? absolutely. You know,
1: and it seems like you're doing all right. I'm doing good. I moved my girlfriend out here from New York. Rebecca Schiffman. Rebecca Schiffman. The Rebecca Schiffman. As you've probably seen from Facebook. Yeah. Um, we're both Facebookers. But, uh, yeah, and that's going well. This is nice. going well. The show shows no signs of stopping that I can see. Yeah, no, it's such it a good be.
0: show. Thank you. Were um, you here day one?
1: Well, I was here as soon as they had a writing staff, but okay. there was some. There was a good deal of development that went into it. It was just uh, Nora Smith, who is a very talented, very very talented young lady from uh, Atlanta, mm-hmm. worked on Adult Swim, and um, kind of hooked, m- met up with uh, Lauren on his last show. Lauren Bouchard, the creator of Bob's Burgers, uh-huh. created a show called Lucy, Daughter of the Devil, and kind of did that just with Nora. Um, they were. They found that they worked really well together. They started developing Bob's with Jim dotrieve the guy from uh, who uh, I mentioned from King of the Hill and uh, it went from there I think they made a um, they made a reel that was pretty different from how the actual show yeah I read out. some
0: stuff about like how well the uh the original pitch th- this is just like you know IMDB kind of like you know yeah. internet stuff or whatever but The Belchers, the family, were cannibals. Is that that's right? And And then they just use, and they would put it in the burgers without anybody knowing. Yeah, which is
1: very. There was a what was that movie? Delicatessen. Delicatessen, exactly. Um, Yeah, I think Lauren was coming from Adult Swim, and he just he was coming from a place where you kind of had to have that element that just there had to be something that was creepy or violent about your idea. And when he pitched that to Fox, they liked everything except the cannibalism. And so it was like Like, everything else was really like a solid. He had a solid framework, but what he, what he put inside was cannibalism. I
0: cannibalism. Ha, I um Of all the sort of uh, uh, complaints or changes or, or things that I've heard from people about executives and that kind of stuff, and, and that's, that's the most reasonable. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you can't really be like, damn suits. No, no. And actually,
1: that's the thing about this show is that we have a really good relationship with the executives. Like, there is not a lot of fist shaking about their calls, like they've really kind of helped shape the show in a way. Nice. And uh, not every show is like that, you know, but it's...
0: Is that because of a certain amount of freedom that they give you, or just that you guys are on the same page more often than you might think?
1: I think we're on the same page more often than you might think. (laughs) Lauren came to the show not having done a show like this before, and he wasn't pretending like he had. Like, he, he knew that he had to learn how to do this, how to... Make a show that was for Fox that was going to be on between The Simpsons and Family Guy, and yeah, we'll get that people watching it. Yeah, and so he wanted to learn and just kind of put out that attitude when he was talking to people from Fox. And it has been like the first season; it's I think it starts. I I personally love the pilot, but it starts to grow from there, and and it started to sort of cohere. And it it really a lot of that came from just from Lauren being open to notes, right? Yeah, and it helped. It actually informed like my process too. When I'm just when I'm thinking of ideas, I'm I like I'm not uh, guarded about them. Like I, I I'll tell people I want feedback now, and I'm not so. it's part of it comes from being more experienced and not being so precious about your writing, but uh, the other the other part was just watching how like opening up your ideas to a lot of different uh, to to judgment from a lot of different quarters can really improve them if you're not a dick about it. Yeah right right right. Well, as long as you trust the people around you, you know. Yeah, I mean that's that's the problem, you know. But we, I mean, we're, we were lucky enough that they, the executives we dealt with were good. I've dealt with bad executives. Yeah, it's but that I, mean, I that I mean
0: that's like I said. I mean we're joking, but that you know, we can't make them cannibals, or you know that's 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 a reasonable thing. And if you're, um, but I mean, you see some stories and where like. Somebody would be like, "Well, then, fuck it. I'm not doing it. That's my vision." Yeah, you know, it's like, "Well, you know what? Listen, man. You know, first of all, you have to know going in that that's a fucking long shot." I, mean, I was actually gonna, not that you would know this, but it, uh, when I read it, I my the first thought that came into my head was like, "Was that? Is that like, a, you know, a carrot?" Like. You say, oh, and they're, uh, you know what, we'll, we'll say they're cannibals so that the suits can rip out the cannibal thing and forget about all the other shit. You know what I mean? Like, I know it's not, but it just, I, I wonder if people no, ever do yeah, that No, that's
1: kind of, a, so they, people put those little, like, sacrificial lamps. Yeah, right, and yeah. just let, the, the most obvious thing for them to knock down and feel like they're part of the process. But I don't think that was it, yeah. It was, it was really just like, thought, eh, maybe we can do a show about cannibals. <laughs>
0: That I'm, that I haven't seen well. one yet. It's got to yeah. be. I can't imagine yeah. what the reason would be for that. I it's just. I can't believe everybody's dropped the ball on the cannibal show. It's. It's a thing that happens. <laughs> yeah,
1: it's, it's uh, a thing. You know, maybe we could cops, have like a, cannibal, a pedophile yeah. character. <laughs> Something yeah, to spice it, it up. It's just. It's pulling up a mirror. But, <laughs> to uh, society. Yeah, but no, it's it's like the lowest concept show there is. It really like when people ask me what it's about, I just say it's the family that owns a burger place, and that's kind Mm -hmm. of it. Uh, And yeah, pretty much. Yeah, Yeah, it is kind of. That's the problem with like pitching pilots. A lot of the time is everything. You feel the need to make it high concept because you're not going to get someone to read a script. You're just going to get them to hear your idea, and most of the time the concept falls out anyway, and it just turns into a thing about. Good characters.
0: Tell me about that. I mean, that, that that's an interesting thing. Uh, like you know, that that a lot of people you know don't know, and that idea of like you're pitching a show. You might think you've got this great script, but they're not even gonna. And it might be like super funny and really show the characters and build the characters and really set something up that's great. Mm. But that's not your pitch. Your pitch is what is the show about, and and that makes it a lot harder to say. Well, well, it's really it's a it's a family that owns a burger joint and yeah. Um, I mean, because like I'm, I'm, I'm actually trying to think of a way to describe the show, and I, I don't really get much past that.
1: No, that's it. But most of your favorite shows, it's, it's family life. I mean, it's, it's just family. Just, yeah, life. it's friends. It's yeah. friends together, or it's people at a job. You know, it's a, the most high concept shows, even like How I Met Your Mother. I forgot even what the concept is. Right, exactly right, right. On yeah. that. And I think they kind of have too, and it's just a necessity that, you know, My Name is Earl. I think they kept it going the entire time. Oh, yeah, that yeah, yeah. And going, that, they kept it going, going the whole best. Every
0: episode was another thing for him to check up yeah, his list. That was a great thing. Is, actually, yeah, I, I mean, that, that was,
1: that concept worked, but I would, I mean, I'm sure after like the 50th episode, you get tired of thinking, what's yet another unlikely resolution that this guy made.
0: Yeah, it must be hard to come up with them, but I think they did a great job in that show of mm-hmm. um, you know establishing so much other stuff that was going on that the list was almost always a B story. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know what I mean? It was kind of the A story, but it was mostly like a, a B story within the A story yeah, kind of thing. And, you know, in essence, if you think about Bob's Burgers on a deeper level, on a level that people rarely ever think about something like that, it's a family show. It's about the relationships between the family. And, you know it got uh, um and, and they they always have what their problems outside of that with like the inspector guy and stuff like that and it was a funny episode at the nude beach thing that was great. oh thank you i mean they're all good they really
1: are um yeah well it's uh, and i think the other thing that we do slightly differently that's certainly not revolutionary other shows have done it before but it's a little out of fashion now is have characters that like each other um the i think, think there was one other there was another thing in there
0: about like i guess like just as an example of the way things change for whatever reason, um, I read that Gene was a girl and Tina was a boy originally. I don't know about Gene
1: being a girl, but Tina was a boy named Daniel. Does that explain? Was was the same guy doing the voice? Yeah, already? it was Dan Mintz. It All was right. Dan, it was, and then I think. Uh, and so they made a girl, a but network, left, no. kept the voiceover. Yeah, they just kept Dan's voice. <laughs> yeah, because it suits the character so well. Made lot, him isn't into Jean. Tina, which and is was a brilliant move because. Daniel wasn't nearly as charming as Tina was. I don't know. I don't know how. Have you seen the early, like, concept art for no Burgers? No. He was just, like, kind of a quiet, nerdy guy in glasses. He looked like a comedy writer, basically. Right. And it's, I don't know, there's something that, that's just, like, ten times deeper and more charming about making it this awkward girl with a boy's voice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I, just, maybe it's just because it's something you see less. less I, lo- I love that, you know, because of the animation,
0: because they're not aging, she is. She is stuck in the very worst yeah, girl year you can be stuck in. That's, that's a good point. Yeah. yeah there's, <laughs> like it's the worst part of her life ever. And there's no release. Coming the awkward ever. boy no thing, thing finally getting the in, the and you're geeky looking, and you. <laughs> and she's just stuck
1: there in limbo. Yeah. That's a terrifying way to think. You're really damning these characters, no matter how much you like them, to just a lifetime. <laughs> yeah. Well, except
0: uh, um, except for Stasis. the uh, except for the the uh, baby sister. Well, you know what? What is uh, um, uh, what's the little girl's name? Louise. Louise. Yeah. She's a uh, she's in probably one of the funnest periods
1: ever. Yeah.
0: <laughs> it's kind of the opposite. She's just such a troublemaker.
1: There have been a lot of shows
0: that have sadly, we're starting lovely Kristen Shaw.
1: Of course yes of the of the daily show and of now of a new she's on a new show of some kind that I just saw and yet but you have, you seem to mainly have some sort of like are you stalking Andy Kimber? is that what no you... that's that's a fun office prank that my neighbor uh, tall John who uh, oh, yeah, Tal John, John. straight I think I just saw him walk down because it was a tall guy that was probably tall Tall John's John straight. yeah. He put those up to, to Raz Andy Kindler who plays Mort on the show. And uh-huh. Then he just brought them into my office because I was an early Mort adopter. My brother works at a mortuary, and one of the things that he got me the job, or at least one of the things that I talked about in the interview, was that because they knew that they were going to have a mortician. Yeah. Um, I don't even I don't think Kindler knows that that I'm kind of his partisan on the show that I will like pitch Mort ideas. Um, Based on your brother. He, he didn't call me back on Twitter. But uh, yeah, <laughs> well, he will now. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, I, I I have pitched a lot of things, and my brother's that's uh, stories have gotten into the show. Like. Right,
0: right. So wait. So like your your brother, he's a morti- is he mortician? Yeah,
1: he's a mortician. By the way,
0: I feel embarrassed by this, but I'd never put the fact that his name is Mort fucking like, together. Yeah. That's uh, that's a little bit silly. Yeah. Until you actually pronounce it, mortician.
1: It's almost so in your face that it's hard to. No, no, no. It'll, it'll it'll go right past you. So
0: that, um, but that's interesting. They, they, they somehow, did you tell them that? Uh, like, uh, um, and, but that was brought up in your interview because they were like, hey,
1: the, you know, this guy's going to definitely be able to get us some stories. I, I don't think that it was like, we, we've got to hire him because he's going to be just as <laughs> bottomless well stories about dead people. <laughs> but, um, but I mean, it has been, even in this latest like outline that I turned in like yesterday for an episode uh, there is a little beat about the mortuary next door, and Lauren wrote, uh, "Ask your brother for some anecdotes."
0: Oh boy, uh, he's gonna. Yeah, there's there's one. Is he getting a paycheck? What's the deal? It was,
1: no, I think he's, he's. How many times you have to try to squeeze to stories
0: it. out of him without knowing that that's what you're doing? Well, hey, by well, the way, how's work? And just hey, oh, just I have and a hi. horrible,
1: horrible story about my brother. Great. Uh, that early on in the sh- in the show, we were all pitching on something, and it was one of those uh, one of those kind of uh, Days when the room gets is, is about as far away from the task at hand as we could have. And we were talking about something like, uh, oh shit, it was really horrible. Do they sew up uh, a a body's anus? Uh, it's a so legitimate the, question. Yeah, As part of the. I might sound different by the way now.
0: I just switched my switched my chair, but it might be better. I sound taller at the very. I bet I sound taller right now. You'd, I probably. I, I I'm saw not wearing
1: headphones. I think we sound uh, you say, you, similar. You're always a commanding presence.
0: <laughs> yes,
1: aren't I though? But um, no, he's uh, no. So so they sewing up I had of the This anus. question: Do they sew up the anus of a body? And I was like, I'll just call my brother. Sure. I got on the phone. I called my brother, and I got right into it. I didn't even give it a split second. I said, "So my, I'm just at Bob's Burgers, and they all want to know uh, when you're preparing a body, do you sew up the anus?" And there was a long pause, and he said, uh, "You heard that grandma died, didn't you?" Oh. she had died that day and I hadn't heard yet my brother was in mourning and I called up with probably the shittiest stupidest question in the world and uh, by the way they don't yeah. <laughs> they don't sew it up
0: yeah and the follow up question the bad follow up question for you would be have you sewn up her asshole yet you know? <laughs> that would have probably been <laughs> just no more that, Thanksgiving that would have been the yeah no more Thanksgiving for Scott Jacobs divorce the brother divorce question <laughs> um, wow that's uh yeah, that's just, that's not, that's not good timing. Mm-hmm.
1: There's one story that I used of his that's in the episode where um, a bully steals Louise's ears. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It starts with uh, Mort giving a biker's funeral, and uh, he wants to turn down the jam that they're playing, and they don't want, want him to. And uh, my brother, uh, he's a mortician, like in the sort of backwoods of North Carolina, like close to Asheville. And he has a lot of people who just kind of come down from the hills. You don't see him very often except for when someone dies. And they a, lot, a very popular song to play at uh, memorial services is Freebird. So there are, like, a bunch of different versions of Freebird. There's the radio edit, which is, like, four minutes. There's the long jam, which is, like, 13 minutes. And then there's just the balls out, fuck all, like, 22-minute jam. The, on the live album. Yeah. And so my a lot of the time they request the 22-minute jam. Oh, my God. And my brother at once... <laughs> he's he, he once tried to, to to kind of uh tactfully fade it out around like 15 minutes and he got chewed out for it by by a mourner who was like we pay for the 22 minute version of freebird. <laughs> oh my god
0: and and freebird in particular is very yeah. common to do this is just a thing it's like it's free like the a national anthem before sports event. Yeah. Which makes sense it's saying. Like, yeah. You are, you you know, you are when you die. You're, you are finally free as a bird. Free as a bird. Yeah, good luck getting that feeling any other time, except mm. in death. Yeah. Or parasailing. stop there? Paragliding. <laughs> yeah. Paragliding, you might. That's like, true. Yeah, <laughs> like sh- bass jumping, I hear, so I hear it gives you So basically, yeah. a little bit, if you have that squirrel suit on. yeah but, So there are three situations, basically, where free bird really is a fitting song. One is uh, for bass jumping with the mm-hmm. squirrel suit on. Yeah. One is paragliding and the other is a uh, Hick Funeral. <laughs> <laughs> Who'd have known? Try to guess number three. Based on the first two, go ahead and guess number three. You have 78 guesses. <laughs> and I bet you're not gonna get it. Well, 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 if we aren't halfway, just a reminder that Writer's Blog is now featured on allthingscomedy.com. It's your one-stop comedy shop. Check it out. Please follow the show on Twitter, at WritersBlockPod. Follow me personally, at J.R. Havlin, And write to us with your deepest thoughts and darkest feelings. To Podcast at gmail.com. Loyal blockhead Travis Brown. Hey, Travis. He did just that and said, quote... Not having any formal training in writing, I wasn't sure how to approach the creative process and story construction. Hearing from different writers like Neil Brennan and getting advice from them has helped enormously and been invaluable. Well, Travis, that's what Writer's Block is here for, and I'm glad you're getting something out of it. Now let's get back to episode 20 with Scott Jacobson, co-producer of Bob's Burgers. Fifteen
1: minutes left, and you then, then I got I got to sneak back into the room and hope no one noticed I left. Are they? What are they doing in there right now? Today is story day, which is, we've only done two of these, and it's just a day that's entirely devoted to coming up with ideas. And we're doing it differently today, where it's uh, it's almost corporate seminar style, where we're going off in groups of two or three, and we have uh, a task. Uh, it's like come up with as many ideas as you can. No idea is bad. Of like uh, the town is threatened somehow, and so yeah, we went on the whole town. That's uh, the that's yeah, the assignment. the whole today? town is threatened somehow. Okay. Or, or th- and then another one was come up with like movies that would be a good fit for some sort of a like, the, we don't really parody movies, but we'll use some th- the a movie as a jumping off point, like we did with Jaws. Yeah, right. one Episode or and you
0: know, that was also kind of the town in peril a little bit. Yeah, because the fish got free. All right. So well, we let's try that. to think. Let's try to think of one so you can go back in with something. Oh, that would be awesome. Let's um, fucking do it. Well, when on you? I've just been doing
1: it all fucking day long. So give me an example though. Like all the, right. you know, we're town talking about yeah, town, and town, town in peril. Yeah, town in peril. It's it's some sort of out, outside force that's threatening the way of life. I mean, if you're
0: if you guys already done like uh, I I've seen most of them, but I've you already done a, a, a hurricane
1: sort of. We did. Sahara? We did a hurricane in this episode called called Lobster Fest. Uh, where, oh, um, that was all the trucks coming in. Um, no, it was that was. That was Food Trucks, uh, this Lobster Feather Food Trucking, which I actually sing a song in. I don't oh, really? If, yeah. Oh, wow. Um, and my parents... How, sing as to what? Me as they a character? Just kind of a, in a hick voice. No, there's a montage song that's sort of a, um, a 70s trucker anthem type thing. Yeah. Give and, us a few bars. <laughs> um, the, I can't remember any of the lyrics except for Thought I Hit a Man and Didn't Stop. Oh, and there's a line in there about rest stop tugs. Rest out. Nice. Yeah. Those are two good lines yeah. right there. Um, but yeah, we had a hurricane come and smash up the town. They thought Lobster Fest would be canceled, but it wasn't canceled, and yeah, whole thing. Um, see, that's it's this is the problem you run into, yeah, right? It's, you it's, it's a, a show that's based in some sort of reality, so you can't just go completely. Like, I watched Family Guy last night where they just had a couple characters enter the army, and so then they get to do army jokes for the entire episode, which is fun. But
0: you know we could we we just and then the next episode they're not in it. Yeah, yeah, right. So yeah, you do have there is an
1: ongoing story in this with the family. Yeah, it's kind of got to be grounded in some sort of reality. And who knows? um, That's that's the way the Simpsons was too for the longest time. And then you get to a point where it's just we don't have any more stories to do. Why don't we just do something crazy? What about some kind of outbreak thing? Outbreak? Yeah, I've been pitching. I want to do a lice story. Yeah, I was thinking bed bugs, but I, bed bugs is great too. Yeah. I, I wanted to do a lice story for a long time. There's something called super lice that is supposedly resistant to any sort of um, you know, uh, traditional lice medication. I feel and like I saw a lice story on the office.
0: I did. Ah, fuck. Yeah. They did one recently. It was the whole it was the whole thing. It was like the, that Pam brought it in from her kids and then somebody else got it in the office and now everybody's got it and they um so it became a big thing and everybody had to shave their heads and one one person knew exactly how to find lice and all this stuff and and so pam blamed somebody else and then everybody through a phone call found out that uh, um uh she gets a phone call from her kid just puts her on speaker because she's so busy and then she says oh my lice and they find out it, that it came from her and well so yeah that, let's
1: do that yeah,
0: they just do that, but change the name. <laughs> See, that's a good story, right there. Yeah, now. yeah, we yeah. Can Just do that. Anyway, there's there's your life story, and sometimes, yeah, it's interesting. You know, like you, you you I've I've heard from a couple of people the idea that you're limited by the things that you've already done. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, the the specific story on that was Mike Scully talking about, um, doing the Simpsons movie when they went in to figure out what the story was going to be. It's like, geez, well, you know, his the biggest problem was that they waited so long to do the movie. Yeah, but you can't really do one until you have that kind of like following. But the they're in seven year seven or eight. It took them four years oh. to do the movie. Oh, really? Four years? It took them four Jesus. years. Um, for various reasons. I didn't realize that. It was, but it was, it which is crazy, but it was scheduled for two and a half or something. And still took, you know, which is still a crazy long time. Mm-hmm. So he said they did 170 page one rewrites. Wow. Of sometimes smaller stuff than others, but literally sitting down. And he said it was just completely nuts. And he, and he said just coming up with the original stories. Was very difficult because of all the stuff that they've already done. So that's a common thing. You got to stay away from stuff you've already done. But then also you can't do stuff that other people have done. Yeah. You could, but it's sort of like where'd you get that idea? You know.
1: Well, The Simpsons though is the they're the culprits when it comes to burning the most story ideas. And like between their A and B and C stories, they've just pretty much every topic that has any sort of relevance in like the world. It has been touched on by them.
0: Can it be? How about how about something biblical, like locusts, or just some some kind of well, where you can get like, is there a town preacher? Lauren compares
1: Bob to Job a lot. Uh, I feel like there isn't a town preacher because we don't want to wade into religious stuff. That's the our forte doesn't seem to be in like making any sort of statement about things, except for sort of taking things for like uh, we'll t- take something for granted, like, uh, it's better to be, uh, a small family owned mom and pop shop than it is to be a gigantic faceless soulless corporation. But that's not, that won't be the point of the episode. That'll just be the sort of the, the thing that the story is grounded in. Mm -hmm. Um, that seems to work for us. But if we, yeah, if we try to do something that is satirical, like South Park does, it's, uh, it's, it comes across. It seems false. Like even the food trucking episode, we've just been talking about this lately, actually, because there's been like we're starting season four, and there's the typical like end of season soul searching, like how do we make the show grow? How do we make it better? Um, and in, in the food trucking episode, which I, I liked a lot and was written by um, brilliant sister team the Molinos, yeah, yeah, um, it it was at its best when it was just sort of the family interacting with each other like they typically do in the setting of a food truck. Um, festival, but when we actually, when we tried to do like food trucker guys, like typical hipsters, like kind of tattooed hipsters and dumb hats who run these these trucks, it just felt a little like flat one dimensional or just like fish in a barrel. Uh-huh. Um, it, it didn't yeah, I don't know, it, it wasn't quite as satisfying and... Uh, so it wasn't just, like different enough from the thing that you were parodying? Yeah, it just, it seemed like it was too easy or something. And like South Park you has needed a... needed a twist that yeah, you didn't have. South Park has a, a uh, a way of finding angles that you're not, you don't really expect that are sometimes contrarian, but are sometimes just a little more, uh, they're just tweaked slightly uh, and, uh, or, or they're focusing on a part of a problem that you haven't really thought of. Before. Yeah. Right, right, right. And they, uh, they, you know, I, 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 I
0: wonder whether or not you guys here, because you do have this, you know, they're another show that can just start over mm-hmm. and the perfect, you know, uh, uh, proof of that is Kenny dying all the yeah. all the time. So you know, like, and that's that's sort of a joke about the whole thing. Is that like
1: he dies every episode, and he's there for the next episode? Although going back to the thing we were talking about before, of like Tina is damned to be a thirteen year old forever. Uh-huh. Uh, there have been a lot of shows, South Park and King of the Hill, both when they were getting started, said that they wanted to let their characters age. I remember that from interviews, and neither one could do it. I feel like that would be just kind of like a final frontier for a cartoon yeah, show. Yeah, that is wild to have it's, the
0: characters in an animated
1: show age. Yeah, and i think that sure a good would idea? be good. No, I don't think so. I mean, the, some, like, I haven't comics done it? Like, the horrible comics that I never like to read? Like, what was the one? Uh, not Family Circus. Family Circus is forever. Uh, yeah, right. Little Jeffy. Uh I, there was there was one that I think was like a family comic that was uh, the one that I would skip over in the Sunday comics every week where I feel like the kids got older and they had periods and they had like pregnancy scares and stuff and it was just not fun at all. Uh, really? Because it sounds hilarious. <laughs> it was horrible. <laughs> How did I miss that? But you don't want these. Uh, you don't want your favorite characters to age and, and it just brings to mind that <laughs> the, when they're going to die and... Cartoon time, or
0: but uh, but the um you know so so you're saying that they that was their idea. How long do you figure it took them to like eighty six that idea? You know because that, that yeah, is an I interesting wonder, thing to be like we this may be a challenge, but you know um,
1: we want to do this. I mean, well, part of it is also a budgetary thing, which is when I was when I first started writing for cartoon stuff, it was for Adult Swim, and I always thought when I was pitching ideas for this show called Squidbillies uh, that um, my f- Friend Dave Willis, who is one of the Aqua Teen guys, mm-hmm. runs. Um, I was I would just pitch the craziest idea I could think of. I didn't think about setting. I if I wanted to set it, you know, somewhere across the world, I would I would set it there, and add new characters. Didn't matter. I didn't really. It didn't occur to me that that's really expensive to draw all new backgrounds to to have um, new character designs. Like the more you can use the stuff they already have, the happier the animators are, and the faster the process. Right. Right. So. Like we, are one of our big challenges that we haven't cracked yet. We've come close, but the story always veers away from it. Is a bottle episode? That's when the action is uh, localized in just one uh, lo- setting the okay. entire time. Yeah, and um, it, it never leaves the room. Like did a that, pure did bottle you do episode. One in, uh, in... No, we tried. I think like, which maybe an episode got made that started out as a bottle episode. That's sort of like we are always talking
0: about, like the. Um... At the Daily Show, the, uh, uh, the the Boiler Room episode. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> we're always just like, let's just do a Boiler Room episode. Nothing yeah. to do today. <laughs> oh, we're all great. down in the
1: Boiler Room, man, thinking <laughs> ideas. Who's in? That's hilarious. Um, how was
0: how the Daily Show? The Daily Show is good. You know, we keep rolling. Now we've got the excitement of uh, John... Uh, um, Oh yeah, he's yeah. going off on hiatus. Well, he may be
1: off on hiatus as we speak, really? or as we are heard speaking. That's, a, that's because he's leaving in mid June. Yeah, I mean, I always wondered. I always wondered. I mean, I mean, now that I'm, I used to write for The Daily Show. Yes. Um, but I always wondered how long he'd want to do it, and then I started wondering what he would do after, because he wouldn't want to just sit around. That guy, you don't think? he No, would. no, he can't. But I thought maybe he he'd be some it. sort of eminent like. Public intellectual, but he doesn't seem like he'd really want to do that either. Maybe just go do a stand-up, but a director. I never really saw it coming. But or I John, can at this point, also has the possibility
0: of doing absolutely nothing for the rest yeah. of his life. Yeah, he might be the kind of guy who would. I don't think he knows. He's not that guy, and I don't think that. Like, I, I really don't think that that the you know this may foreshadow something that he would you know like to do when he's done with this show, but I don't think it's foreshadowing the the eminent doom of the show. He's not leaving and it doesn't say that, you know, this. I I don't know how much this has to do with how long he's going to stay after that. So you know, but everybody's got their own fucking opinions about it, and you know what I mean. Like um, they think, like, what's going on over there? That's the question I get all the time. Oh, what's going no, on I over didn't, there? I didn't read it that way. Well. Oh no, no, no! I know you didn't. I mean, I, I know you know. He's better been doing
1: me. it for years and years, and yeah, you could just. Uh, he, if you, if he can take a, what is it, a six month hiatus something like that? No, you? no, no. It's it's like
0: uh, three months, maybe. If oh, well, and yeah. then that's nothing. The I mean, point. it depends. You know, like uh, you're going off to do a movie, taping it or doing it in the Middle East. I mean, I, I don't. I, they might go. They, they they might not make it in time, you know. Yeah, yeah. Geez, I don't know. They might go over budget. It might take That's longer happen. than they thought. Yeah. <laughs> who? Would, would that be the first time? So who knows? But it's it's also like uh, it's in it's in line with like two two week break. We have a two week break in July and a two week break at the end of August. Mm. So it's like all of these things that kind of put John Oliver on the on the throne um, for that help him not be there for like two extended period of time or help John not be uh John Stewart not be gone for too long. yeah. Um, and it, but it's but the thing is it'll be another one of those things that the show will just be fun. Another period of like weirdness, yeah. and oddness that keeps me, you know, personally interested in having fun. And here's another challenge coming our way. let's 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 put John Oliver in the seat and it'll it'll be fun to do. and it'll be really interesting to see how the place uh, uh, goes along with that's that, the nice John. thing
1: about that show, yeah, is that you you're not just writing the same sort of, Monologue style jokes uh, all the time. You you have personalities to write for, and it's it. it, After a while, it starts to feel like the people you're writing about are other personalities that you're writing for. Like I remember when I was there, like Alberto Gonzalez was a character who was was a guy who was in the news a lot. He was such a big part of my while you were there. While I was there, I wrote so many jokes about him that we were that we were
0: covering so much. There must have been some Uh, big. Wasn't
1: wasn't it torture memos?
0: Oh, is he? Oh, no, he was the yeah. torture
1: memo. So there you go. All those guys, who we all got so worked up about a few years ago, just kind of dispersed. Yeah, you have new personalities come all the time, and and there's that kind of common question of like,
0: uh, um, oh, you know, when when Obama won, well, what whats what are the days you're going to do without George Bush? It's like that's such a t- ridiculously small through, part of yeah. it. Yeah, like it's not even on the radar as a thing that we were that you sweat for a. a even a second. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. we that's not that it has nothing to do with we, we have too much
1: material every single day. Like we're yeah. way ahead of ourselves all the time these days, which is pretty crazy. That's something that I like about Bob's that is also a little it's a little little bit harder, but uh you know, we're not tied to any sort of topicality whatsoever. Right. And, and like the show is kind of Are there shows where you are? Um uh, <laughs> My and next done. door neighbor at the show just put a sign in the window that said, Don't ask Scott about his internal hemorrhoids. All right. I do you, have internal but hemorrhoids. But I'd say, I'd see, but the thing
0: is, I don't need to ask you now because you just brought it up. Brought yeah. It up. So, I, no, I have Is them. that tall John? That's tall John. Tall, tall John. We
1: bonded over. He used to have them too. So, oh, is that right? Yeah. Oh, I had to just, use suppositories. Yeah, you got to stick the thing that's up. It's awful. There. Yeah.
0: Well, you know. Once it gets in there, it feels pretty good. I don't even know. I couldn't even. Yeah, you know, the break it... breaking through. You got to admit, it's like, all right. But no, i get it, I kind of so get it.
1: Aware of my like frailty <laughs> or the frailty of the human body. Then when I was like, I was on my side on in the bed, and I was trying to figure out how to get that thing up there. Go and on. Looking at my like, <laughs> looking at my. <laughs> I actually started to do P90X shortly after it. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm absolutely serious. Uh, oh, oh,
0: you know, this this motivated you. Yeah, to I was like, looking wow, at my body. body and it was and... kind of
1: flabby, and I knew, and I was putting something on my butt that was medicinal, <laughs> and I just thought, like, I've, something has to change. That I need, I want to fight against this, whatever it is. <laughs> this,
0: this, what, what i um, what's happening right now. I cannot
1: allow it to get worse. <laughs> oh, I, I'm shameless when it comes to this stuff. As long as my girlfriend doesn't listen to it, and she won't listen to
0: it. Well, the uh, oh, that's nice to know. Yeah, no, <laughs> yeah she, she will. She, she is, loves me.
1: She'll probably get ten minutes in, and then I get uh, a lot.
0: I get a lot of the. Uh, I get a lot of the favorite and retweet love. From oh no, reason. she yeah. does.
1: But she'll she'll get ten minutes in, and then she'll probably go favorite stuff they got on Facebook. <laughs> That'll <laughs> She's be gotta more gotta interesting. go off and, and do something yeah. else.
0: Um, the uh, isn't that the case though with like shit like that like. You know, illness and stuff. That that's what it takes to straighten up your. Oh, you
1: know, oh, head-up. yeah. Well, that's what it took from my dad. He had a quintuple bypass surgery, and then he finally stopped smoking. And that's what it made my brother to bring it around uh, the mortician uh, into a giant health nut. Is uh, he saw uh, morbidly obese, definitely like literally morbidly obese bodies uh, almost every day, and now he has like <laughs> nice. Yeah, one. Tell me about fat. their assholes. So yeah, what? and sown. And, and so let's wanna leave it at that. Yeah. Like, <laughs> maybe we should I actually do have to get back, but
0: uh. what's the other sticker that uh I told John put up. Oh
1: there? that's been up there actually. He was just oh. Oh, he, he was knocked just it repositioning down by accident. it, yeah, because oh, okay, he got knocked down. It's a Brody Stevens sticker. Okay. I don't know who that is. Oh, he's a guy you should maybe talk to. He's a stand up comic who had a bit of a breakdown. Oh, that's too bad, Yeah. Oh, but a little... very, very, very public breakdown, so I'm not telling tales out of school in any way yeah. Wow what was that like on stage or something on tw- it played out on Twitter and then I feel like blogs I, I know I've heard about this story and, and
0: yeah yeah huh what a strange uh, what a strange thing to do or like not that you have much control over it, I guess mm, no. So we got off the uh, um, the trying to figure out a um, a story. I only came up with uh, uh, one more that was obviously you're not going to do like a terrorist attack kind of thing.
1: But they'll, they'll... I I kind of pitched an idea about Teddy uh, getting on some terrorist watch list. And I yeah, was right. thinking about that yesterday. And then like an FBI agent comes to talk to him. I, I'm only telling you because I'm almost positive this won't get used ever. But um, then like an FBI agent comes to investigate him. It's like a honey trap. But Teddy is like a, a lonely divorcee. And so he wants to believe that it's it's for real. Yeah, it's right. Pretty, it's pretty sad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah, Teddy's a very fun character because he is both um, really sad and, like, a very lovable kind of puppy-like man. And uh, and he's Larry Murphy, who is an amazing improviser. And I'm just babbling, and I have nothing else of yeah. to say.
0: What about uh, Towering Inferno kind of thing? The tallest building
1: in – what the hell is the name of the town? It's, like – I you know what we were talking today about the name of the town and I know the name but I'm not I don't know if I'm allowed to say oh okay it okay so I think we might want to reveal it's, it's it kinda, it's kind of it's kind of
0: not known but it's a yeah. beach, little beachside but town. it does have a name so the tallest building in the
1: in the town yeah
0: and uh, you know it's, it's Catches fire, or maybe maybe even a plane hits it or something. I don't know. So like a nine eleven thing. Well, but yeah, but not nine eleven. <laughs> it's not a terrorist act. Well, you get might back take it, in it there in. while yeah. that idea is fresh, and I could just pop it out for How them. How about the whole town? Like Bin Laden moves to town, <laughs> dead like zombie Bin Laden.
1: Did you? Watch, look, I'm just brainstorming. Did here. you watch Homeland? No, I didn't. Oh Jesus, that was that was when it lost me. Was when their Bin Laden character he, he decides to come to the U.S. <laughs> really? <laughs> he sneaks into the U.S. and he's just causing havoc in the. But it, it's it. Come on. A, a terrorist like skulking around New Jersey <laughs> right. of that magnitude
0: um, so uh, and you've
1: got what's this on your board here this is an, an episode about a slumber party Louise going to a slumber party that, um, well, probably is that have you done this yet no that's the one that I'm pitching now or oh, that okay. I, I've kind of written an outline for and that I might be writing next and the, the, so it says act
0: one in the first card is Louise not interested in kids at school and then it quotes
1: stickers 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 what does that mean that Louise thinks that if you could get into the heads of her classmates, who she's dissing by the just Linda asks her why she doesn't have friends that uh, what you would hear would be sticker sticker, 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 sticker sticker, sticker oh, that's yeah, that's all the thinking in their head yeah that they're uh he, you know Louise, no sticker in Louise's particular, of just longer. stickers, yeah, yeah, yeah. just stickers, just stickers a little long.
0: just a little bit of one um i don't wanna uh, I don't wanna get uh, like everybody that walk everybody that walks by every voice that we hear outside the door even to me now, feels like the guy who's going to come in here and bust us. Yeah. A couple of 10-year-old kids smoking pot. Yeah. <laughs> I, feel, I feel it too. <laughs> I'm getting that feeling like <laughs> yeah. I'm 10 and I'm smoking yeah. weed in a place that, like, there are people right outside and I know it. Yeah. And it's going to, if we, but it's kind of exciting. If, it's a little bit exciting. That's what I like, but, it, but if, if we stretch it out, then we're definitely going to get busted. Yeah. So I feel like we could leave now and just have done it we got away with this like clandestine meeting. I know. And it's preserved. Yeah. yeah. At work. That's awesome. you like, took time off. Yeah. Everybody at work is going to be all pissed. You, and then they'll listen to this and be like, took time off for that? <laughs> <laughs> I know. So, um, I'll let you get back to uh, um, pretending that you're uh, contributing yeah. to, uh, to, the, to this program. <laughs> Thank you. Instead of just hanging up. Uh, obviously, the place is very busy. That's why people are hanging up trying <laughs> to, to tell me yeah. to not ask Scott about his cancer <laughs> as well and shit like that. Oh,
1: uh, that go cool? up No, no,
0: no. But oh, no, I'm just no, making stuff cool. up. now yeah. you know, and, and you know, they
1: they, they go to for comedy is cancer. I mean, yeah. yeah, this. We have a lot of sticky notes today, so there have been a lot of crazy sticky note pranks. It's eh, the stuff that goes on here. Yeah, it's just completely yeah, it's... crazy and partially
0: yeah. animated. Um this is uh the writer's block. Thanks, Scott, for letting me in for the for the uh, for the duration and uh, um and you can get back to work now and thank uh, you. I appreciate problem. your time. Say goodnight, Scott. Good night, Scott 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 Jacobson, Bob's Burgers, two great tastes. Hope you enjoyed it. Let me know. Block podcast at gmail.com. Our next episode comes out July 31st with guest and good friend from way back in the day when we both lived in the same building on the same crack block, Chris Mundy, the creator and executive producer of AMC's newest show, Low Winter Sun, which premieres August 11th following Breaking Bad. Nice time slot. Chris is my first non-comedy writer guest on Writer's Block, but what this guy knows about successfully pitching and producing a television show could fill a book that you don't have to read, because you get to listen to Writer's Block with my guest, Chris Mundy. Lucky, lucky you. Time now for my suggestion from the Writer's Block archives. It's episode 12 with guest Phil Rosenthal, the creator of Everybody Loves Raymond, an amazing guy who is loaded with invaluable, straightforward, practical advice.
1: I tell everybody the same thing, which is to take a class, to take a, a writing class because you, can, you can't you can learn how to be funny, I'm sure you've discovered that from people who come through your world, but you can learn the structure. Right. Like if it was my first day at The Daily Show, you'd have to explain to me. The format and how it works and the type of jokes that we do and the type of jokes that we don't do. Mm -hmm. And it's the same in any place of business. you got to know where the kitchen is and where the coffee is and what we do at lunch and how long lunch is. These are just rules.
0: That's episode 12 with Phil Rosenthal, and I will stake my albeit questionable reputation on it. Thanks to producer David Klatt, music man Pete Meiser, and artists and residents Greg Duncan and Andrew Lynn. I'm J.R. Havlin. This is Writer's Block Podcast. Thanks for listening. Say goodnight, blackheads.